0: Welcome to The Wealth Standard Radio, your gold standard in everything financial. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Happy to have you on the radio with us today. Uh, I am Ryan Lee, and I'm here at Paradigm Life in our fabulous Utah offices, located just just south of the beautiful Wasatch Mountains. It's been kind of snowy out there, but it's been beautiful weather lately, so we're broadcasting from a really pretty place today. Uh, I'm excited to be talking today with each one of you and I'm especially excited for who we have on uh, that's going to be speaking with us today. Before I get into the topic of our conversation today, I wanna just pass on a few pieces of information for you. Um, we have we have done quite a bit of new website developments, uh, new resources and new tools in, in this year. If you haven't seen some of our new resources, a few of our websites that we have out now that are different or that are an enhancement from what we had before. Number one is knowyourretirement.com. So www.knowyourretirement.com. On that website, you will find all kinds of helpful information about how to use this system that we teach here at Paradigm Life to enhance the efficiency of your retirement savings. So check out that website. That's something I'm sure you'll like. Uh, over the last couple of weeks, we've been producing quite a few videos that you'll see uh, releasing on our YouTube page. They're short five, you know two, two to five minute videos on average, and they're frequently asked questions. So some of the questions that we get asked most often by our clients, you know, about what we do here and how the strategy and the system works, we've answered those in little video segments. So check out our YouTube page. You'll see a lot of other videos there from from the past, but we'll have a lot of new ones coming up on frequently asked questions. And then last but not least, if you haven't been to our website recently, www.paradigmlife.net, uh, we have done a complete overhaul on that website, a whole new face, a whole new uh, – just everything. It's, it's a beautiful site. Now, we've had some developers working on it for the last couple months, it looks really, really great. In addition to the the facelift of the website, we have a tremendous amount of content on there. So again, feel free to check that out. Most of the, everything that you'll find on there is is free. You can access it and learn all about this strategy. But today, we're gonna dive in a little bit and talk about uh, some very, very exciting things. And part of the reason of, of what, what's going to make this conversation exciting today is who we have talking with us. So I'm gonna introduce today my uh someone who sits right next to me i share an office wall with her and uh, she is one of the most amazing people that i know especially here at paradigm life and it's jenny steed so thank you for joining us today jenny
1: thank you ryan it's a pleasure to be here and also a pleasure to be in the same office with you and to share an office wall kind of get to listen to you every day and i'm sure you get to do the same so it's a pleasure to be here Happy and uh, love it every single day.
0: Awesome. Well, I'll tell you what—you guys are in for a treat because Jenny brings a very unique uh, everything about her to this business. And so today, before we get into anything of the main topic, Jenny, if you'll tell the audience a little bit about yourself, who you are, uh, you know what you've done prior to Paradigm Life, how you came to Paradigm Life, because your story is a pretty unique story. So why don't you share that? Share a little bit of that with us.
1: Absolutely, Ryan. So I'm a mom, three children. And just absolutely love being a mom, and along with being a mom comes all the ups and downs and daily activity that uh, come with that.
0: I love Jenny's mom stories too, man. She 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 shows some fr- pretty fun things of how she parents and raises her children. It's she pretty unique, a pretty unique uh, mindset and, and way of doing things. Pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah. So my whole philosophy in life is to make everything fun in every way possible to bring happiness and to bring fun into every situation. So that's how I operate in general and with my children and it just brings a whole new element to life and to how we make decisions. And so for me, a little bit of background on me, how I came about to know about Paradigm is through wanting to provide some safety and security for me and my children. And so along with that, Um, I had originally looked into life insurance. So I've been fortunate enough to experience um, what not having life insurance looks like and what I got to create from that moving forward. So it really brought me into a picture of I would like my children to have what they want and then also for me have the peace of mind that they can have what they want if something were to happen to me. So I started to look into life insurance. I had had term life insurance for quite some time, but term insurance was just not serving me in the way that I wanted it to. So I started to look for ways in which I could have peace of mind knowing that I'm covered, but also have a vehicle in which I could grow value and utilize that. So I purchased a universal life policy from an agent that I had had for 15 years prior. He was fantastic and so he brought to me a universal life policy, showed me all the uh, possibilities of that, what I could get um, in the long run and one of his most frequent um, statements was to stay in it for the long haul.
0: Okay, so for, for the audience that's listening, tell us a little bit about a universal life policy and what does it mean to stand up for the long haul? What does a universal life policy offer clients?
1: So a universal life policy in initially appears to be less expensive. So it's one-year term insurance combined with options, okay. essentially, so it's tied to the S&P 500 or whatever option that you choose inside of that policy. Depending on what type of volatility you're uh, open to experiencing. Okay. So I chose, uh, according to recommendation from my agent, uh, to be tied to the S&P 500. And so his comments were, you get all the upsides without the downsides.
0: Okay. So you've got an insurance policy then that's going to give you the insurance benefit, right? But along with that, you're going to have some growth that, but that growth is tied to stock market performance, is what it sounds like.
1: Absolutely. Awesome, okay. According to averages, it would perform quite well. Okay. And me and my understanding at that point, it looked fantastic. And so I I bought into this policy knowing that I was covered, knowing that I could make some possible other investment choices with the liquidity in the policy or what I thought was liquidity in the policy and i could really just do essentially two things with the same dollar okay and so that's what guided me in that decision and so i started the policy and a couple of years in i started to really look closely at my statement and called up my agent and said look this is not looking like i was looking at before And he's like, well, yeah, yeah, I know. Just let's just stick in it for the long haul. Let's move forward. You know, the market goes up and down. But remember, you're not experiencing any of the losses that you would in the S&P 500. So I said, okay, okay, I get it. And and I says, well, you know, we were looking at a higher return. I really am getting almost in the negative because what was happening is my cost of insurance was rising every single year and because of where the market was at at that point i w- my cost of insurance and rising costs inside the policy was actually negating
0: all of the growth okay that i was experiencing and that's a unique feature about a universal life policy that many people don't see it, when you're looking at it initially right is is your cost of insurance not is not fixed and it oftentimes rises so that that could definitely cause a loss in the policy even though you might not be experiencing a loss from your you know your to the market mm-hmm
1: so what I didn't understand is I was putting in the same premium but my actual costs were rising got it so in my mind at first I thought oh well sweet I get I get fixed cost of insurance long term and then the growth so this would be great and he's and he told me well no 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 of course you're gonna have rising costs every year older that you get so I, I stuck with it for a few years and just every time I got my statement I just had a knot in my stomach. It just gave me heartburn. And I was thinking, wow, I'm putting myself in the same position I was before. I don't feel safe. I don't have peace of mind. I don't have a knowing that I'm going to have coverage. There was a risk of coverage at a point, at the point in which scared me the most, what I saw was a a possible lapse at age 65.
0: Yeah, and I think what you just mentioned there, that, that's a lot of what we're going to talk about today, but so many of the clients that we talk to fill that knot in their stomach, you know, on an annual basis as they're looking at their statement. It's its interesting to me to, to see how many people have their money in, in investments or in vehicles that they have very limited control over. And so oftentimes, as you're investing or as you're putting your money in what you hope to be a good investment, because of that lack of control, you know, the outcome can actually be far different than what you thought you might be getting, right?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And then I got to a point where I wanted to actually utilize some of the liquidity and it turned out I was not able to. Okay. uh, Due to a surrender charge. Okay. And uh, what I did not understand was that loans were also subject to surrender charge. Okay. So I had been into it several years and still had zero liquidity. Wow. Um, so I began to look elsewhere, okay. began to look abroad and look at friends, talk to friends and family and say, what what are you doing? Um, this is what I've got going on. What are you doing? And one of my close friends and also an agent here at Paradigm Life, John Stewart, began to teach me what he was doing. He had experienced something similar to me um, with the universal life policy and began to look. So he, sh- he started to share some of hi- what he had seen with Paradigm Life as a client. And he also became an agent here and then began to teach me. So I came in and I sat down with John. And I said, look, John, this is what's going on. What can I do? So he began to teach me some of the principles that we teach here of uh, perception versus reality. And he says, the reality is is this is what your policy is doing. Now, when you initially purchased your policy, your perception was that the gains would remain stable through the entire term of your policy. And it started to ring a bell of what was going on. And the more times I talked with him, I started to notice a calming come over me and to where I started to have that peace of mind that I had been looking for. And have the stability in what I was seeing.
0: Okay. That, that how did that feel? I mean, if if you could put those two feelings of you know the uncertainty, the risk, the the pit in your stomach. I mean, all of those feelings of not being in control versus what John was sharing. What was the the difference there?
1: A huge difference. Uh, my kids were definitely grateful because mom was no longer losing sleep, <laughs> and uh, so so they were happy okay. about it too because mom wasn't groggy and and tired because I was sleeping better. That, that was the first thing that I noticed is that I was actually sleeping better. Wow, that's awesome. Um, making more sound choices due to sleeping better. And just, I started to notice an entire shift in, in my life. And so I became a client of Paradigm. Okay. And initially I was scared. So I was a little gun shy um, due to what I had already experienced. And I thought, okay, I have this emotion that says that I feel safe. Okay, I'm going to move forward with this safety and the peace of mind. So I did. And I got my annual statement, and it was what I thought it was going to be. Big it, surprise, huh? Big surprise. <laughs> I thought, well, this is awful sweet. I'm just going to just have a nice little party. So it, it was fun to receive that. And I, and I called up John, and I said, wow, this, this is amazing. Um, how how come we didn't know about this before? And it's really because of the misconceptions about whole life insurance um, that we've all been taught and the mainstream teaches. So I was really just loving it and enjoying it. And the more I started to utilize my policy and see it grow, uh, the more I became more passionate about wanting to share this with everybody else because nobody had shared it with me. And so I thought, if nobody shared this with me and I had to go out hunting for it, what's happening everywhere else? How am I being my contribution? If I just hold this into myself and I don't pass this on to other people other than just my acquaintances, how am I uh, contributing to the same system yeah. that we've been taught to believe our whole
0: lives? Right. Being a steward over the knowledge and over the peace of mind that you had, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So is that that what initially started bringing you closer to Paradigm Life is not just as a client, but then also as an agent? Yep,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. And so, you know, I I came to Pat and uh, told him, you know, what my interests were. And uh, so everything aligned to be what it is here today. And uh, so they brought me on here and I'll tell you what, I love it every day.
0: Uh, you know I'll, I'll be I get to sit right next to Jenny uh, you know our office walls share we share the same wall and it's awesome to hear your passion and your excitement that you share with your clients I mean you, you're you're working with clients that are in the same position that you were several years back right clients that come to you with certain goals and certain ambitions that might not have been fulfilled with their current investment strategy and you can help rearrange their finances to a position of that peace and of that safety and and, and helping them achieve their financial goals with more economic security and that's It's a really really awesome thing that that we get to do here at paradigm life for clients is put people in a position of control right
1: absolutely and
0: i really like the way you started out that's that's going to be kind of the underlying theme of what we're going to talk about today you talked a little bit about perception versus reality right when you first got into your initial investment with with your first universal life policy you had a perception of how that investment would perform i think all of us have been in that in that position whether it's with finances Or with any other situation in our life where we have a perception of something right if it's particular with our finances oftentimes when we sit down with a financial advisor or we do one of the online calculators or something like that we look back and we say hey the market's done nine percent right over the last 30 years right so i should be able to expect nine percent going forward and we we make our retirement plans we make our future financial plans 100% 100% on a perception, right? Absolutely. From what you've seen with clients, what's the difference that you see between perception versus reality as you talk to clients?
1: Well, just allowing them to come to their own um to their own decisions and their own, allowing their emotions to come up based on what they've experienced too. So I have a lot of clients come to me with that same perception that I had. Mm-hmm. So then I'm able to share with them some realities. And it really takes being in that position for the, the client to be able to see and understand from somebody who has also experienced that. So that's really been the biggest difference is understanding that our perception is not reality. Yeah. It truly is not. And you know, we can, we can perceive uh, the color pink, for example, we can perceive it to be blue, but at the end of the day, is it pink or is it blue? Right. It's pink, and that just is what it is. No matter how hard we try to make that color pink blue, it's not going to turn blue.
0: You got it, and that's really interesting when we look at perception versus reality in in investments. You know, this kind of brings up a a subject, we were recently talking about a Dalbar study, right? And uh, this study, it's a study that has been recently done and it tracked investment behavior from, or not investment, yeah, investment behavior from the year 1990 all the way to 2013. So during about a you know a good 20 year stretch, 23 year stretch, it looked at what the S&P had done during that period of time. So what the actual investment had done versus what the average investor received. And if we, you know, just on the surface, you, we might think that there might be a little bit of variability, right? Some right. investors might be a little bit better than the S&P. Some people might be a little bit lower than the S&P. But if the S&P did 9%, the average investor should be pretty close to that just based on what is the common financial dogma out there, right? right? So as we looked at this Dalbar study, it was a very, very stark difference between the performance of the, of the market versus the performance of the average investor. And here, here are the numbers. Uh, so the average S&P invest, or the S&P did an average of 9.2% from 1990 all the way through 2013. The average investor of all of the people that Dalbar surveyed and looked at their investment returns, the average investor during that exact same time period associated with the exact same market indexes received 2.3%. Wow. That's a huge difference, isn't it? Huge difference. I mean, imagine making your financial plans and all of your future financial dreams on achieving a 9% return. Right. And 20 years later, you realize that your returns were only 2.3%. We're going to go into some of the reasons that Dalbar cited, but just off the top, what's your thought on that?
1: Fear-based actions.
0: Okay. Elaborate on that a little bit.
1: So when when we get into a state of mind or see something that causes fear, Mm -hmm. uh, we operate from uh, brainstem, essentially, we no longer have the capacity to make cognitive choices. And so out of fear, we just shotgun and make choices and get out, So hurry up and get out before we lose possibly any more. And so that's what happens is we hurry up and get out of that situation, and then when things start to look a little more rosy, it's the same type of thing. It's the fear of loss, fear of losing out on that potential gain that causes us to hop back in. Yeah. And so it's it's the constant getting out and getting back in and making those shotgun fear-based, emotion-based choices that cause that 2% versus 9%.
0: Well, and I like what you bring up there, the emotional side of an investor, right? If, if we look at us individually, we are all human beings, right? And all of us right. experience emotional feelings, right? On right. a day-to-day basis, the feelings of happiness, of joy, of sadness, of loss, of fear, and everything in between. Right. We, we, can't, we can't run away from that. And all of the financial advice that we get today, it, it tries to put us into a robotic stage, right? Where it tells yep. us, hey, we're in it for the long run. You know, you, you buy low. You sell high. You don't worry about the losses. I mean, you, it's it's all it's all this robotic type of, of uh, mentality, right? But that's very hard for most investors to exhibit. I mean, if if we look at the average investor that's putting money into some type of a mutual fund or a qualified plan or something like that, what does that dollar represent for the average investor? What do they have to do to get that dollar to put it into their accounts?
1: They have to overlook the emotion, yeah, and get past that. And us as emotional beings. it's it's almost like we can't. We can't put those to bed until we have some sort of stability in that emotion. Until we can put that emotion to bed or or satisfy that emotion, we just really can't move forward and make those other choices that could allow us to receive that higher return. Otherwise, we end up in the same situation that we were before, losing sleep, not being able to focus, just all of the un- instability that that provides.
0: You got it. And, and you know, a big one is I, I, I remember my personal story. It was a lot very similar to yours, right? And I remember getting out of college and, and graduating and, and wanting to start, you know, making a lot of money and, and investing and having success and, and hoping, hoping to achieve some element of financial independence, you know, five, ten years out of college, something like that. Right. And I remember I started reading, you know, I just I felt like my qualified plan Gave me too few choices. It was too limited, right? And I couldn't yep. really be an investor within my qualified plan. So I started reading Jim Cramer, and I started, you know, following CNBC and and really looking at some of these media outlets that would, you know, that would give me financial advice. And I remember trying to do that on my own, and how much emotion. Even though I tried to act like that robot, every time I lost, it stung and it hurt. And one of the reasons that it did that it felt that way for me, is my finances were limited resources, right? right. I had to go to work and exert tremendous amounts of energy, blood, sweat, tears, maybe not blood, but, you know, you're working really (laughs) hard out there, and everyone can resonate with that. I mean, people work hard today for the money that they earn, and if you take that money and you put it in some investment, and that investment is supposed to represent your future hopes and dreams, to lose money from that investment, that is a tremendous emotional feeling and and it's a pit in your stomach it's it's that that knot that you you don't know what's next right when you lose can you stomach those downturns in hopes of an eventual recovery and that's that's hard for most investors to do right right
1: so we we feel like if we are able to get out of that situation then that knot disappears yeah but it doesn't it stays there for that same purpose right until we can uh, put ourselves in a position to not be subject to all those potential losses and yes, potential gains too, but we tend to forget the good times. We always remember the times in which we had the
0: knot in our stomach and the heartburn and losing sleep. Very good point. And, and that's hard. No one wants to repeat that going through those hard times. And you know, what we share here at Paradigm Life, we really try to expose the whole truth of, of how investments work. And if you'd like more detail on that one-on-one, please reach out to us. We'd love to, you know, look at your numbers and show you all of the different perceptions in most investments yep. versus the reality. And the reality is so much more important. I mean, you need to know what your money's doing, what you're getting, because all future retirement plans and all future financial decisions, they're not based on perception. They're based right. on reality, yep. right? Yep, absolutely. So the faster we can get to know that, the, the better. And it's interesting, as we work with clients, a lot of a lot of times it feels like, Many of our clients you know, that we start working with are in their 50s, maybe early 60s, yep. and they're getting pretty close to retirement, and they're looking at their, their retirement accounts with a little bit more of a, an eye of scrutiny, and they're realizing that their perception that they've held over the last 20, 30 years has been pretty, a pretty stark difference from their reality, right?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I see it every single day, and you know, honestly, it really breaks my heart. Yeah. Um, you know, I definitely feel that emotion. Uh, with my clients. And, you know, that's why it really, I do, I'm very passionate about spreading the word about what I, what we do here at Paradigm and what I'm able to contribute and allow them to have some sort of peace of mind moving forward from there. Cause that shock of perception into reality, that's a big one. Yeah. It's huge that we, we feel like we can just overlook and and we just can't
0: yeah that uh, you know and for me i always tell people would if, if if i had to tell you a horrible truth right would you want to know it today when you could do something about it or would you want to know it 20 years from now when it was too late or, or much harder to do something about it and as hard as a hard truth is to hear it's always better to hear it today
1: absolutely so
0: you can make the changes right absolutely Absolutely. Um, kind of going a little bit back to this dalbar study it, you know it talked about uh, it talked about behavior of the average investor, right? So the S and P, uh, it's an investment. It's an emotionless, you know, lifeless in vehicle. It's a conglomerate of, of a bunch of different companies, right. and the value of that 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 index rises and falls, right? Right? And so there's really no emotion in the investment itself. But the, right. us and us as investors, we have a tremendous amount of emotion with that, and it reminded me of a story. Um, we we live here in Utah. And uh, several hundreds, well, I guess thousands of years ago, uh, there were really no population here in Utah with the exception of Native Americans, right? Right. And oftentimes when we watch movies or we think about how life was like back in those days – uh, the Native Americans would hunt buffalo here, and they would, you know, that's that's how they would make their clothes and their tents and and food and all of that kind of stuff. Right. But a lot of times when we think about the hunting, it was you know a you know a person hunting a buffalo. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a tribe of Indians, though, a tribe of Native Americans here in, in Utah that developed a pretty sophisticated hunting strategy. And out here in Utah, there are several mountains, several cliffs, several valleys, things like that. Mm-hmm. And so what this group of of uh, Native Americans would do is they would find a herd of buffalo, right? Okay and they would get these buffalo, and they would scare them, and they would have a direct route that they wanted that herd of buffalo to travel. Right. Now, the herd was made up of many individual buffalo. Well, I don't know what the singular word there. Buffalo, (laughs) buffaloes, I guess. Made up of many singular buffalo, but when, when when the Native Americans would act as a group, and they would scare these buffaloes, they would move together as a herd. Right. So, the buffalo herd would move together. And the Native Americans had a, had a direct route that they wanted this, these buffaloes to travel. So they had people set up all along to make sure that those buffalos stayed within that route. Right. And that route led these buffalo right off a cliff. Absolutely. And their hunting strategy was to scare the buffalo, have the buffalo move as a herd, and the buffalo as a herd would run buffalo after buffalo after buffalo right off the cliff. And it made their hunting Pretty, pretty efficient, right? Right, right. And you know, as we think about that, it's the herd mentality. Yep. And how how prevalent is the herd mentality in common investing, right? And in this Dalbar study, it was really interesting. There's a lot of graphs. Uh, you know, what, what what we'll what we'll actually do is we'll link this study um, on our podcast today. So if you're interested in it, you can uh, just check the show notes and actually look at the study. But there's a graph, and it shows as the markets is go as as the S and P was going down the 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 herd of investors all flooded out right yep. so those emotions took over yep. and people got out of the markets at the exact time that common investment advice says you should be getting in the markets right and then as the as the market recovered it took some you know some sev- several months sometimes even years right. for people to feel comfortable and to get over that fear again uh-huh. and then based on greed or, or even i guess fear not wanting to lose out they would get in the markets at exactly the high time. Yep. And that gap between getting out low and then getting back in high is the exact opposite of what a successful investor should be doing, right?
1: Right. Right. Yeah. We buy high and sell low. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and it's 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 really interesting. I mean, when we look at that, I mean, these these results are pretty stark. The yeah. difference between a 9.2% return, the perceived return. Versus a two point three, right, is a difference between a, a retirement that you would hope and dream for to yep. a retirement living pretty close to poverty.
1: Absolutely. So again, going the perception does not always show up as the reality. Yeah. So we really get to use reality to guide us in our day to day dealings. Yeah. And day to day choices. So that I really feel like uh, when I operate from a reality based standpoint then I'm able to make choices for myself that guide me into what I want my perception to be. Yeah. So a little bit opposite side of the scale. So down the road is always perception to a degree. Mm -hmm. Uh, We always perceive we want X, Y, Z. But if we guide our perception by reality, then we have a more of a chance to get where
0: we wanna go. Yeah, you're operating in the real world then, right? Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, I love that, that's, that's a really good way to put that. Um, you know, a couple of other things that, that, I, that I pulled out here. You know, Warren Buffett says, what's the f- first rule of investing? Don't lose money, right? Right. What's right. the second rule of investing? Refer to rule number one and don't lose money. <laughs> <laughs> right. And that—that's really hard for us to do as average investors. And so I know we're kind of beating up on this a little bit. Um, I want to share a, a few more pieces of information here, and and these these are things that we go through individually with our clients, and these are again things that are are inherent in the average financial strategy that's shared by mainstream media, but they're further things that lead us you know, to the difference, the stark difference between perception versus reality. What we looked at here so far is if uh, the average investor played out the S&P and they functioned as the average investor would, you know, function during this 20-year period of time, they achieved a net return of 2.3%. Wow. But that's not, well, I guess that's a gross return. That's not actually what they're really getting. Yes. Because there's, there's further differences between what an investor actually gets when we look at how, these traditional financial vehicles work. Yep. So some of the things that will erode people's wealth even further than market performance are fees, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Taxes, depending on what kind of investment vehicle we're in, we're either deferring the taxes or we're paying capital gains as, as we go. Um, but another one is inflation, right? Tell, tell yeah. me a little bit about your opinion. What are some of these other eroders and how do they distort the perception versus the reality?
1: Well, uh, inflation for sure. I, I, I think back to when I first got a cell phone. Um, and, And actually a pager. And I think back, okay, you know, I paid like $15. And it was pretty awesome to be able to have that communication and be a part of the real world. And as time went on, I moved into a cell phone and a cell phone then cost $25. But, you know, now my cell phone, and this is what 15, 15 years later. Of course, that dates me just a smidgen there. But
0: <laughs> Well, I remember my first page or two. Star 337. That was how you got a hold of me.
1: Right. <laughs> right. Yep. And, and, and it was always an emergency when we got paged because then we felt important. And then right. when
0: you had to go call someone, where'd you call them? Payphone. Right. From a payphone.
1: <laughs> so hopefully you have your penny loafers on with that spare quarter <laughs> in your shoe or, or spare of course it's not a penny anymore. And then that kind of speaks to that too. You know, a phone call, that was the idea behind penny loafers. Yeah. Uh, was to be able to have a spare penny to make a phone call. You know, phone calls don't cost a penny anymore. Right. You know, they cost I don't even know what they cost a uh, thirty five cents now, I think, or something. I have no idea. But that's what we did. We went to a payphone or knocked on somebody's door, a stranger's door, and said, can I use your phone? Um, so then moved into a cell phone. And, you know, now you know, a cell phone's, what, $80 to $100 a month? Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's, that's a kind of a sense. Yes, I have more features and more, um, more of everything. But that's, in a sense, somewhat of an inflation. And we forget to look at what costs are now versus what they will be in the future, what taxes are now versus what they will be in the future. We think in our minds that things will remain stagnant, that they'll remain the same because things happen so slowly that it kind of does guide us to somewhat of a reality that they will remain the same but it's those teeny tiny changes slowly by slowly that lead to
0: massive changes over time. You got it. And that's such a scary thing. When we factor in inflation, today we know what a dollar does, right? So if we have a dollar in our pocket today, we know exactly what we can do, what the purchasing power of that dollar is. Yep. But if you fast forward 10 years, 20 years, 30 years down the road, depending on your age and your time frame for for, uh, retirement, inflation will be a significant eroder of your wealth.
1: Absolutely. And if,
0: you know, let's just say you you weather the storm of the S&P 500 and you save up a million dollars, right? Right. A million dollars 20 years from now will have only a fraction of the purchasing power that it does today. Absolutely. And that that's a that's a huge huge red flag in most people's financial um, financial tools. It's I call it the silent tax, right? I mean yep. because it's 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 derived from the economic environment that we're in. We didn't choose it, but nonetheless, we have to pay this silent tax. Absolutely, and it, it, that will have a significant impact, right? Yeah. In addition to this silent tax of inflation, uh, what about taxes? How how do these kind of erode the perception? Even if you're getting nine point two percent, what the S and P is doing, how much of how much of that does the average investor get to keep in their pocket just based on taxes? Oh heavens, really?
1: Just just a small fraction
0: of that. If we look at
1: it long term, you know, just looking at gross income versus net income, what actually went into my pocket, for example. um, We always like to see the number of what we think is ours, what we perceive to be ours. And in reality, it's shared. Our income and what we make, it's shared with somebody. And so we, we forget to look at what portion of that, and we think, oh, well, if we leave it there, we can continue to have that perception that that money belongs to us. But yeah. the moment we touch it, we get to share it with our favorite uncle.
0: Our favorite uncle. That, that's really interesting that you say that because when, when we think of retirement planning, right, we sit down and we think of all the plans and the dreams and the travel and all the things that, that a person wants to do. But your partner in retirements is... government yep most people choose qualified plans for a significant portion of their retirement planning and oftentimes we hear this we were just talking about this yesterday oftentimes Mm -hmm. we hear when people choose a qualified plan they feel like they're getting a tax benefit right yes is it really a benefit to to defer your taxes
1: absolutely not Um, for for me my my uh the reality is that taxes have changed and they change every single year and especially over time you know just again looking back to 15 20 years ago and what did that look like versus what it looks like today so things change so again would i want to know something now or make changes now or put those off for later every time we put something off for later to deal with later it festers and continues to grow and sometimes can just be a big old monster in the closet and we figure if we don't ever open that closet door Mm -hmm. the monster's not going to come out and get us at night Yeah. Well, it is going to come out at some point, and we are going to get to face that. Yeah. You know, could we have faced a teeny tiny little squeaky mouse in the first place? Absolutely. And it just squeaked its way out, and it's like, okay, that is what it is. Well, now we now we have uh, Godzilla coming out of the closet <laughs> at us, you know, 30, 40 years later, and it's a much bigger problem.
0: You got it. And, and you know, the, the biggest thing with that, like you said, is... In the beginning, why are people saving their money? What's the purpose of people putting money in a long-term savings plan? To have money in retirement. To have money in retirement. And that means they are they are putting off one of their biggest liabilities and something that they have literally no control over.
1: Yeah, right? absolutely. And that's what
0: causes that pit in the stomach. If you're not in control of the market, yep. if you're not in control of inflation, if you're not in control of taxes, your retirement strategy is really a strategy based on hope. Yep. Not on control, right? Yep,
1: yep. And hope. Hope gets us nowhere. Yeah, You know, we get to develop the habits today
0: that shape our future. Yeah, you got it. A couple more things on this, and then we'll transition for our audience into something a little bit more exciting. Uh, Talk a little bit about the the alternative, right? What we do here at Paradigm Life. But another eroder of wealth is is our our management fees. Yep. And in any qualified plan, and there's been so much research done on this lately. I mean, and we can link some of this stuff on, on the show notes, but... You know, Tony Robbins just barely wrote a, a book all about, you know, the the money management industry. And he exposed a lot of the fees there. And the interesting thing about the fees in, in these qualified plans, and most of them, are they're not disclosed. They don't have to be disclosed. Right. You are investing in something where you literally have no idea what the cost is. Nope. And if you if we just take a step back and look at that, you know, from, from a different standpoint, if we were to go out and hire, let's say, uh, a repair person. Yep. And we want this repair person to come to our house and fix up our kitchen, right? Yep. And we've got a budget in mind. We've got, you know, okay, we can spend a thousand dollars or something like that. And we hire this repair person. The very first question that we're going to ask, you know, this person is, how much does it cost, right? Yep. And if the person comes back and says, well, you know what, it's going to cost this. If it fits in our budget, we do it. Yep. But if that person comes back and says, ah, you know what, I don't really know. It might, uh, it might cost this. It might cost that. I can't really tell you some of the feet. Uh, you know, I don't know. I'll just do the work and then I'll tell you what it costs. Yep. There's no way we're going to go into that agreement, right? Absolutely not. But we do this every single day with our hard earned money. We go into agreements with financial institutions where they do not have to disclose their fees. They can say, hey, the S&P has averaged 9.2%. You as the investor, you're going to get 9.2%. Yep. That's not the reality, is it?
1: It's absolutely not going to happen. And, and we can kind of think of it, and I am I just love analogies. I'm, I'm just like that as, as a person. But you know, I kind of think of it as a, as a big bowl of rice. We, we know that a big ball of rice is made up of a lot of whole bunch of small kernels of rice mm-hmm. right and so if we take that and we turn it into an investor and, and that investor says well what if i could what if i told you i can turn this into more rice than than you would ever need to feed your family or to feed you only difference is every single day i'm going to take one grain of rice out for myself over time it kills off the, those working yeah. rice, the working rice or whatever, working dollars to where eventually we might not even end up with the same bowl of rice that we started out with. Yeah, Because it's just those teeny tiny or what is perceived to be teeny tiny small fees or small extractions from that yeah. that can really hurt us. And they, they don't feel big. Initially, but over time they turn into
0: something big. You got it, and th- that that has a tremendous negative compounding effect. You know, a, a 2% management fee, right? And we use that as kind of the average. In, in some cases, it's higher. In some cases, it might be a little bit lower. Right. But just a 2% management fee, that will significantly erode any gains that you have in your account. And over the long run, we can go through a mathematical equation and show you exactly how this works. Yep. It's the management company. The one who's managing this account, they're the ones that win this this deal. But yet, they don't put up any of the money, right? It's yep. your money that they're, that they're managing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. They're not taking any of the risk. If the market goes down, that comes out of your pockets yep, and they get to take the majority of the gains simply because of taking skimming right off the top every single time.
1: Yep. absolutely. And it just, you know, for me, speaking from my own my own experience, it kind of came down to a degree of laziness. Yeah For me. Uh, it was me not having enough knowledge and saying, okay, they have the knowledge, so I'm willing to give up a little bit to glean some of their knowledge. right. But it, it's a lack of education,
0: and lack of education does lead to laziness. I'm so glad you pointed that out. So, I mean that, and this is a, a perfect segue, right? So what we do here at Paradigm Life is we emphasize, we focus on education. Yep. Group education. We have a lot of webinars, this podcast, you know, a lot of articles on our website. But more specifically, what we do is we work with a client one-on-one, right? Yes. We find out exactly who they are, what they're trying to accomplish, what they have to work with, and then we help rearrange those pieces into a very actionable. way workable plan. Yeah. One that's based on economic security, as opposed to basing your economic plan on hope and investing with fear and all the things that we've just got done talking about, we can take an we can take a client and shift them completely to the other opposite end of the spectrum and put them in a position of control. As you've done this with clients, tell 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 us a little bit about your experience, kind of going from where you were specifically to you to where you are today.
1: Well I just it, it comes down to accountability. And, and then the level of education and knowing what I can do, and I feel so much more complete knowing that I am in complete control and am educated on what I have and what I want to do. And if I want to learn something new, it comes down to education. Yeah. And so it really comes down to looking at what we want in the first place. So, you know, what do I want? what what's guiding those choices for me
0: start with the why right mm-hmm.
1: yep start with the why why do i even want that you know why don't i just let somebody else handle it so start with my own why and then what will that accomplish so how is that going to guide me more towards my why how is that going to satisfy that and then lastly how am i going to achieve that and that com- that's where the education comes in and always being in complete control or being completely educated before making a financial move or a financial choice.
0: Put you in a position of control with that education, right? With that education, you can make more competent choices.
1: Absolutely. Which will
0: have more reliable and competent outcomes.
1: Absolutely. Education is control. Education is stability. Yeah. Because nobody else is accountable for my actions. If I give my money to a money manager and I get charged a fee, they're not accountable. I am.
0: You got it. You got it. Now, this, this is a good way to segue into what you bring to Paradigm Life because I think you bring a really unique education style to Paradigm Life for many different reasons. Um, we, we've talked a little bit about this. I, I, I go to you frequently with questions. I know many of the other agents do as well because you have a really unique way of communicating and a unique way of, of sharing this message with other people. Tell, tell us a little bit about what you bring to Paradigm Life and how you help clients achieve their goals through, through what you do.
1: Okay, so for me, part of my strategy in uh, working with Paradigm and my clients is to bring about a balance of what we all have, of the masculine and the feminine energy. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't necessarily mean a man or a woman. We're, we're all comprised of both masculine and feminine but both of those they bring different qualities and different attributes and so to be primarily based in over not overly but uh, to be primarily based in one over the other might lead us down a path that we we may not want right um so so my purpose here is to bring balance um bring a little more of the the feminine balance into what is typically a masculine industry right. as a whole. And so if, if we look at the differences between uh, masculine is unchanging, uh, very stable,
0: always with the end in mind. So that's the masculine energy, right? Mm-hmm. That's a masculine energy. And that's a really unique thing to a financial plan, right? I mean, yes. that's what we're taught in a financial industry, long-term goals, unchanging, ride right out the downturns, right, to have that masculine energy. But we just really realized there's quite a bit that gets in the way of that energy. Tell us a little bit about the other side.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So feminine is always changing, always flexible, moving from moment to moment. Every single day, um, with with everything always changing, so. If we're able to combine the two Mm -hmm. and have... Because life changes. That just is what it is. You know, we kind of look at, you know, Mother Earth or Father Time, and and those really two, both of those represent just what I just said. Uh, Masculine in in Father Time is it's... We know a minute's going to be a minute is a minute, and an hour, an hour, an hour, whatever that looks like. And then Mother Earth is always changing, and so are we as humans. Life is always changing. Uh, We get thrown a curveball. We get thrown... Uh, different different things that we get to stop and take a look at. But if everything is based off of just simply unchanging or only with the end in mind, not allowing for some of the flexibility and the moment-to-moment changes, we can really put ourselves in a position of risk. So that, that for me, that's what I feel I bring to the table is taking a bigger, not a bigger picture, but a different look at the way that we perceive things Mm -hmm. and what the reality is. So we want to think that if we put aside X amount of money, it will turn into uh, something, X amount of dollars at the end of the day, but life changes and we do things different. We are humans. And so our emotions really do, that is the basis for every decision that we make. So every time we get presented with something, it brings up an emotion. So what we feel and that leads to then the thought or what we think. And then that will then lead to the action or what we do. But since emotions are always changing, then it
0: always changes what we do. You got it. The thing I love about what you're saying right here is we, we can put a plan together. For those of you who have worked with us, you understand kind of how these plans work. For those who are potentially new to Paradigm Life, the plans that we set up are are give you a tremendous amount of flexibility, right? So we set right. up a plan, we look to the long-term goals. We find out what it is you're trying to accomplish, but what resources you have to work with today. Okay. And the way we set up these plans, you'll have the ability to scale your premium higher or lower than what we set it up to be originally. But uh, below all of that, there's a foundation. And we talked a little bit about this in the beginning from where you came from versus where you are today this foundation is based on economic certainty. You yeah. literally enter into a guaranteed contract with some of the most successful companies in the history of our country. Yes. Literally in the history of our country, right? right? And you have that economic security to build your financial foundation on. And you can deal with the, the short-term highs and the lows, the ups and the downs, the emotions, the things that come up. We can You can deal with life with flexibility. Mm-hmm. But through this banking strategy, you have the ability to deal with all of the variables of day-to-day living, yes. but still be on course to hit your long-term goals. Absolutely. Tell us a little bit about how you set clients up to do both of those things, balance the short-term and the long-term, the feminine and the masculine.
1: So so definitely what I want to look at first is why. Again, like we talked about now, uh, just a minute ago, is why do they want that in the first place? What emotion is that going to? So I always start with... What emotion are we dealing with in the first place? So, you know, speaking from fear, for example, fear is an emotion. And an assurance or long term stability really does satisfy that. So, always beginning with a foundation. So, that's where I always start is what is the, what, how much of a foundation do we need to begin with? before we can erect walls, before we can add sheetrock, before we can do everything else if we're looking at it from a building standpoint. We have to have a stable foundation first. So that's what I work on setting first, is what is the foundation that I wanna set, and then what are some variables that we can look at and what kind of a level of variable is the client comfortable with and feel like that they could uh, not only achieve all of their goals, but then allow for those changes as you mentioned.
0: Yeah, I, I, I love this system. You know, as it, as it kind of goes back, and we were talking about all of the the, the perception versus reality in traditional market-based investing, there is a way that you can literally overcome each one of those or work through each one of those more efficiently with the system that we share. There are no ups and downs, big highs and lows of, of market gains and losses. You don't have to worry about getting out and trying to ride high. You have consistent steady growth, right? Yep. We are able to mitigate taxes through the design of these policies. We're able to minimize costs and fees, and rather than having ongoing management compounding fees, yep, you get those out of the way right up front. Yes, and your compounding is uninhibited by fees. Right and then last but not least we talked about the devastating impact of inflation with this banking strategy we give people a way to combat inflation to utilize their capital today when it's most valuable to them to accomplish their short-term goals yes without diminishing the value of their policy and their long-term growth right yeah yeah what have you seen what's been the what's been the reaction from clients that you've shared this strategy with
1: well more than anything is how is this possible how can a company that has this solid foundation allow me to utilize from what I've put in without giving me a little bit less? How can they do that? And it's because the way the system is set up um, that gives the client that control. So always being a choice, always having those options available. So I've been able to see, you know, uh, some clients come to me and just absolutely in panic. And just by listening to them and taking a different perspective or looking at it from a different perception and applying some realities, turn their whole financial picture around to where they can actually begin to make some different choices. So we can't ever operate in our daily lives strictly from our brainstem or a fear of uh, based reality as a human being. We just can't. At some point, we get to make decisions from that cognitive brain space that allows us to have reasoning skills and the thoughts that produce actions.
0: Yeah, I, lo- I love what you're saying here, Jenny. And and for all those who are out there listening, um, you know, this has been a great conversation. Uh, but I think the most impact that we have with clients is working with clients one-on-one. Right. Right. Go to our website, call our call center, um, you know, however you want to get in touch with us set up a time where we can meet with you one-on-one. We'll take the time, as Jenny talked about, to discover your why. What is it that you're trying to accomplish? And rather than giving you a plan that's based on hope, based on perception, we'll set you up in a plan that's based on reality. And with that reality, you can make conscious decisions today and have the economic assurance to know that what you're planning today will be what you'll have in the future. Absolutely. And there's very little vari- variability to that. It's, it's a very unique system in that sense.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely a pleasure.
0: Jenny, you, you are awesome. Um, if you, you're, you're a great person that I get to share my office wall with. Uh, I've enjoyed having you on the team and just the energy and the presence that you bring. Not only you you know coming as a female, but really balancing out and, and, and showing different ways to share this information, not only with clients, but with us here indiv- individually in the office. I mean, you, you br- really bring a good balancing power here and energy to the office. So appreciate you jumping on this, uh, Thank this you. podcast today.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Always, always a pleasure. And it's just so fun to come in every day and and look, what do I get to do today? Who do I get to meet with today? It's just like having the whole the whole gamut. I get I get to have the whole ice cream cabinet of choices to choose from, and it's like, ooh, what do I get today? Maybe, maybe a little cabinet. bubble gum with a little hot pepper sauce on it. Who knows?
0: And I tell you what, that right there, that's Jenny. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I literally want to start a, a book with all of the, the unique phrases and sayings that you have. I mean, I guarantee if you come in and talk to Jenny, you will have a positive experience, and you will learn a whole different way to look at your finances. So rather than basing it on perception, let us help you base your financial future, future on reality. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on The Wealth Standard Radio, your gold standard in everything financial.